What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Lost Lifting Talk. Yeah, I'm trying to decompress just a little bit through these last couple of weeks of December. Today's the 13th um, and heading into the new year as trainers, the new year is always a little bit more crazy. Just there, it seems there's always more people in the market, right? Like mm-hmm. looking for help, looking to get dialed in, looking to create some structure. Some people are already starting with that, um, which is great. And we had a, a pretty good first couple of weeks with getting a lot of ladies into the group coaching program and um, a few one-to-ones coming through as well. And they're just trying to create some structure and get fine-tuned so that they're ready to go and hit the ground running as soon as the year starts because they're starting a little bit earlier. But then at the first of the year, there's always that big influx as well. And a big part of my day on a day-to-day basis is a lot of social media work, right? A lot of posting with Instagram and TikTok and writing emails and um, different stuff like that, which is draining. And I know for me, like the bigger of a streak that I create on social media. So like posting on a day-to-day basis, I know that's a lot of coaches goal, like post every single day. And for myself, I find that the further into a streak with that, that I get and the more pressure that I put on myself to be consistent on social media every single day, the less creativity I feel and motivation like to keep that momentum going because my motivation juices just start to plummet. And so what I found is if every once in a while I'll take like maybe three to seven days off of posting and not worry about like putting a pressure on myself to create content or like to be super engaging on social media or anything like that, or like not be in my DMs, which are kind of a madhouse these days. And it's tough to keep up with those things anyway, but just taking time away from all of that allows me to come back to it again in the future with uh, one more motivation to be back in there engaging and and helping and to my creativity in regards to what I'm posting. Like I just can feel such an uptick happen. Like I feel so much more creative and so much more dialed in as opposed to like just trying to keep a streak alive and, and get things out there. I feel that just my cup becomes full once again, and I'm able to, to serve through, through social media and be helpful so much more if that makes sense. And so that's kind of what I'm I'm planning to do over the next couple of weeks is slowly start to pull back. Like with a lot of what I'm posting, I'm just going to do like not completely just ghost on there, but just repost some old content a little bit to, to keep things out there a little bit, maybe make a few posts here and there, but try to take the the next couple of weeks to slow down a little bit on the social media side of things and allow myself to, to rebuild in that way. And so things are a little bit slower as well, obviously clients and getting everything going with them has been, um, busy, but outside of that, trying to slow down, play a little bit more golf, be outside in the sun a little bit more so that as the new year comes in, we can really hit the ground running once again and continue to push things forward. Mm Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure at the beginning if, because for those of you listening here, this is actually our second podcast we're recording today. So I was like, do I pretend like it's like December 20th? Like it's five (laughs) days before Christmas? Like, oh, like looking forward to Christmas. And so I was like, hmm, how do I answer this? But yes, um, this is the second podcast today. 
I am still cold in my basement. I'm still just kind of, yeah, same as last episode. But in regards to what you said, it's kind of slowing down, posting content, all that. It's actually something I've been looking into further myself because I've seen both sides of it. Like I've gone through the business coaching programs to where it's like, you should be posting every day. You should be going live every day, doing like a weekly Q&A, like all these different things. And Chaz, you've been at this a lot longer than I have. But like for you, it may not be as tough as it might be for like a newer coach because you can kind of go through and kind of take old posts, kind of reformat them a little bit, kind of put your current thoughts on it and post them again. But I remember I want to say literally, sorry, just real quick for some coaches out there, just a quick nugget. Like, I think that we always think you have to be super original with what you post, but social media they're like, not everybody sees your stuff and people will see your stuff and they'll forget it. And so the stuff that you have, that's already proven to work really good. Like sometimes I won't change a thing. I'll just repost it for the day. And it's the same thing. And it, like, I think a lot of people don't realize how effective that that can be just reposting old stuff. That's done really, really well. It's already proven to work. And a lot of times people need the reminder again of the same thing that you put out there because they forgot or they didn't see it in the first place. If there's coaches listening to that, I think that that's super helpful. I know I would have forgot it. I'm sorry to cut you off, but. but oh, you're all good. That actually brings up a good point that I want to go on a sidetrack real quick. If you follow any sort of health account like mine, like Chaz's, any of your favorite fitness accounts, there's this new censorship thing they put out. So a lot of words that are like in the fitness industry, like let's say basically like anything that may not have been like 100% confirmed by science yet. It's like the fact checker thing. Like, Mm -hmm. is this true? Like, is it not whatever they put like them all in a filter to where you have to go in your settings. I think it's like settings, like privacy, whatever, like choose the content that you see. And there's a setting now to where like a lot of the fitness accounts that you have been following, you probably won't see as much because it's like, it's automatically set to like, I don't want to see this. So like if you put maybe something regarding like disease, like autoimmune disease, that disease part is going to flag the system and be like, "Mm, well, we're not going to show it to, you know, all your following. So just a little side note on that. But in regards to like the content part, like you were talking about, like I was talking about is like post every day, like do this every day and do this every day. And I've kind of followed what, different people in the area are doing and I've actually found just in terms like the information that like I take in I would much rather prefer like three to four posts a week that are like solid content things that I can actually take away versus things that are like well I'm posting every day for you know for the engagement for the algorithm but then at some point it's like I've tried it myself and I've seen it just in my own content like I'll look back through my own posts and I'm like, what was I like, po- like, what was yeah. I even like talking about in that post? And it just like, it feels very inauthentic to me. It just doesn't feel like, I don't know, just like, it's not the laziness factor. Like I can go on and I can post, but it's like, if I don't have anything to post today, like I'm not going to sit there and just make something up just to be like, well, I posted today. Yeah. So yeah, I can definitely relate there. Um, I agree with that 100%. And I think like at this point in the business, when I first started the, the business back in the day, 
eight, nine, 10 years ago at this, at this point, I started thinking of the business 10 years ago when I officially launched it, I believe nine years ago, it was in 2014 is when I very first started posting online and, and taking on some clients. Um, but I started by writing just blog posts. Like I did a little bit of Instagram. I was doing Instagram, obviously posting on there and then, but also putting a lot of content on the blog and looking at that stuff today. Like one thing that I'm kind of starting to realize is I slowly got away from that a little bit. Um, and we're still, so in, in regards to long form content versus short form content, long form content can bring such a more long-term ROI that doesn't leave you so such a prisoner, I guess, to the short form social media um, platforms that are out there. Because like Instagram, for you to stay relevant on there over the long term, you have to continue to post over and over and over again. You can have really good pieces of content, but if you're not continuing to post content over the long term, your stuff's not going to be really shown to people right? Like it stops being shown. You become irrelevant because you're not on there. Same thing with TikTok. I have a, a good size following on TikTok and we get a lot of business through there. We get a decent amount of business through Instagram as well, but it takes me being on those platforms every most days just to keep the business moving forward. And so something that I've been thinking about this next year, obviously I'll never stop the the short form content in any sort of a way, but I do think that I'm going to put a much, much bigger emphasis on long form content in regards to getting back to blog posts and even potentially starting to dive into YouTube videos just for the SEO component of it, which serves you much better long-term. So like on Instagram and TikTok, TikTok's gotten a little bit better at this to where it's more SEOable, more searchable. You can get on Google even and type things in and a TikTok video will show up just like it will with YouTube, which I think is going to be useful long-term if TikTok even sticks around with all the political stuff going on. Like it seems like some people want rid of it. Some people are trying to keep it. Like you never know what's going to happen there. But I think Diving back into writing more long form articles in regards to blogs that are SEO searchable that you can type when you type a question into Google, that article will pop up. And same thing with YouTube videos, YouTube videos or YouTube and Google are integrated. So when you type something in on, on Google searching something, YouTube videos, videos will pop up for that as well. And one thing, like one guy that in the industry that's done a really good job at this, and he doesn't even really use social media anymore, is Mike Vicanti. Are you familiar with him? He was Jordan Syatt's photographer, wasn't he? Or is a partner or something? He yeah, so he's his partner in his online fitness business um, mentorship. They have a, a coaching program where they coach other trainers. They're partners in that and run together. And Mike Vicanti was actually Gary V's first personal trainer. So, so Mike Vicanti was Gary V's personal trainer. And then when he wanted to step down, Jordan Syatt came in after him and started training Gary V at that point. But he was very big on social media. Lots of Mike does lots of YouTube or he has lots of YouTube videos. He has lots of articles. And I I listened to his and, and Jordan's podcast about business a little bit. And at this point, he doesn't even really post on social media anymore because he wrote so many articles and had so many YouTube videos out there that that perform good SEO wise on Google 
that he still and obviously working with Gary V. I mean, the publicity that comes from that and the validity that will come from that. People that will just want to work with you because you worked with Gary V. With all of his his fanboys, so to speak, will help business wise too. But he also just posts so many articles and has a bunch of YouTube videos out there and so much helpful stuff SEO wise that when people are typing in Google looking for questions, his stuff will pop up, which creates relevancy with them, and that's how he'll get a lot of his clients. So he doesn't even have to post anymore necessarily on these short form social media platforms because his stuff is showing up on Google so well that it keeps a good steady state of clients coming into his coaching program to where he has been able to take that step back from social media. And I'm not saying that I want to completely take a step back from social media, but I also don't want to be 40 years old and having to post on on social media every single day just to keep my business going, our business going. And so I think stepping into that realm this next year is going to be a big piece of like our business going forward just to create that longevity. It's not going to create a lot of like short-term payoff like that long form type of stuff isn't going to bring in like a bunch of clients right off of the bat or anything like that. But over the long term, I think if we're putting something out like monthly, that's more long form each month, if we stack that up over two, three, four, five, ten 10 plus years, the payoff on the back end of that to where it's not continuing to put in daily work, but putting in a bunch of work up front that can lead to payoff in the long term. If we can get some of that stuff showing up, raking high on in Google on, on SEO, I think is just something that I'm very interested in and going to put forth like a intentional effort towards this year, long form wise, just to help with the longevity side of things. I have always really honestly preferred the more like long-term of things or like the longer format type posts. And I know it's maybe unusual in today's world because we're all just kind of so just in the phone, like YouTube shorts, Instagram reels, like TikToks, like, People struggle to stay focused for longer than like 10 to 15 seconds. But yeah, just in terms of, like I was mentioning earlier, like feeling authentic with like what I'm doing, what I'm posting and kind of things like that is like inside the business. I even have a hard time with it. Like this is long form content. But when we go through and answer the questions, I just always still feel like there's like 30 more minutes of nuance that I could yeah. put out there. And it's like in an Instagram reel, it's like if you want to be successful with those, you kind of have you kind of have to post black and white. Oh, you have for to. the engagement. Like you, you have to. This is the exercise that you must use. But I'm like, if I'm posting that, and it's like, is that really like who I want to be? Kind of. But it's like, if you don't, then it's like, like you're someone's not... gonna get the views, you know. Yeah. And it's like, if you're doing YouTube and you're like making this like really scientific title. People probably aren't going to watch, but if you're like three must do backlifts, really simple, probably takes very little thought to record, but like those are the videos getting millions of views. But yeah, I really like the long term just because you can go through and like learn how to apply to different situations versus just thinking like, oh, the hip thrust is good. Oh, the hip thrust is bad. It's like, it's good, but it's not good for everything. So why don't you learn like, when is it actually applicable when is it not? Like, when should you be doing full range versus maybe like partials? When should, you know, and there's just so many things that you can talk about, especially nutrition wise. Some clients lose weight during a reverse diet. Others don't. You know, why is that? 
I can't tell you in a 15 second Instagram reel. Yeah, absolutely. In Instagram, it's either taking a big topic or, and TikTok, taking a big topic and dumbing it down to kind of a black and white answer or taking one nuance within a topic and only explaining that one nuance because you really have 60 seconds, 60 to 120 seconds. Sometimes I'll do some videos that are up to three minutes. They don't perform as well, but I can get into a little bit more nuance, but the videos and the posts that do really well are the ones where you take a topic, dumb it down into black and white, or you take one nuance from a topic and just explain that only without any of the other nuance or things around that scenarios around that, that could potentially affect things as well. And that's, that's kind of a, it's interesting because today's day and age in the world, I feel like I grew up in a time and I know that you did the same thing. I learned through long form content. I learned about training and nutrition through books, through certifications, through lengthy YouTube videos were like really breaking things down on a, on like a a scientific level, um, as well as articles, right? Like I was obsessed in that stuff for a very long time, five, six, seven years, not quite as much these days, but I still stay kind of relevant and make sure I'm up to date with any studies and anything that's coming out in that way, but I'm not quite as deep dived into it, but that's where I learned everything. Like I learned the nuances, the ins, the outs. But today, and I'm not, this makes me feel kind of old being like the the new generation doesn't do it right. I feel like as you get older, you always, that kind of starts to happen. You'll judge the next people coming in, I guess, as, as you get deeper into an industry. I'm not trying to do that, but I do feel like, I do know because I've talked to a lot of these coaches, their learning and education is coming from Instagram and TikTok right? Like they're learning how to coach. They're learning these about these very nuanced topics with nutrition and training. Their, their education is coming from these short form contents, which isn't truly teaching them like a deep dive understanding of the mechanisms happening that create progress that allow you to be able to work with different types of individuals and different types of scenarios. It kind of just gives you like this shotgun approach to where I've got one thing that I do, and this is how I do it. And you've got to fit your circumstances into my approach, as opposed to, in my opinion, a really good coach can work with a very wide array of types of individuals and create a system within their system that works for that person and where they're at, if that makes sense. And and those of you listening, if you've worked with coaches or you've gone into group style settings and, and programs to where it's like, this is what you have to do, make it work within your lifestyle and you leave frustrated. Like, well, there is no individuality to that because a lot of these coaches are learning these shotgun types approaches that are just very one way of thinking that doesn't add in that nuance to make it work for your specific situation, it's which is taking, scary for the industry, mm-hmm. right? Like it's scary as the deeper that we get and like the, like people not to cut you off, but everybody always says, man, the industry is so saturated and sure it is like, there's a lot of coaches in the industry at this point, but how many good coaches are there? How many coaches are there that have been at this for a long time that truly want to create an impact and deep dive into the intricate details of each person's situation and help them build up a better mindset and have that understanding and experience to truly shift somebody's life over the long term. If you're looking at that quality of coaches, 
it's not saturated whatsoever. There's a lot of like, and I, I'm not trying to talk crap, but there's a lot of shallow coaches. There's a lot of coaches out there just trying to be an online coach because it's kind of like the new cool thing in our, in the fitness culture today, right? Like it's the cool thing to be an online coach. And there's all these, co- these business coaches saying you make all this money, but like at the end of the day, it's, it's actually a, if you want to stay in this, like, if you look at how many coaches there are that have been doing this for at least five years, there's not that many, but there's, there's a lot of coaches that have been doing it for one or two years. And I would argue the vast majority of them will end up in a different industry in the next two to three years because they're not willing to look at like the long-term understanding of building a business from the ground up with a solid foundation, as opposed to just trying to quick grab money off of a social media platform because a business coach told you that you could. Yeah, it really is. And I think this is like a little nugget for both coaches and just the gen pop people listening as well. Whether it's signing up for a new coaching course or whether it's like just getting started in like a training program just you know, with a one-to-one coach, for example, there's a lot to learn. You know, when you get onboarded, it's like you're getting calories. Um, you know, you're, maybe some people are learning how to track macros or learning how to read a training program. They're setting up for a gym. There's like a lot of things kind of going on. It's like you're doing your weekly check-ins and it can feel overwhelming. Just like when, if you're a coach, you're signing up for a new course and it's like, all this information is being thrown my way and people kind of feel the need to like use it all at once. Or it's like week one, week two. And it's like, how do I apply all this? And it's like, you're not meant to be applying it all at once. Exactly. You're taking all this information and learning it. And like, I'll use the N1 course, for example, because I have it bookmarked and I could access it easily, but like their nutrition and program design course it's 11 modules, 95 videos, 25 hours of content, which is a hell of a lot of information. And if I try to sit there and like do that all at once and like program everything, utilizing all the information, I mean, I would be kind of stuck as well, but it's taking all that information and like learning, okay, I know all these tips. I know all these tricks, you know, and I have this information. How can I apply this when it's actually necessary? So you might know like uh, just a regular, like hitting your macros day to day. And you might understand reverse dieting and like calorie cycling and maintenance phases and, you know, refeeds and diet breaks and all these things. You don't use them all at the same time. It's like you pick the one thing like, okay, like here's where I'm at. Here's what I could use. Let me, you know, utilize this. But then it's like, there's some tools, like there's a lot of nutrition stuff that like I haven't used for quite some time. And six months go down, it's like, oh, I can use this again, but I'm not trying to use it on every single person or like every single week. Then it's it's gonna feel overwhelming. Yeah, building or buying tools for the toolbox, right? Like over time, you want to add more tools to your toolbox, but to begin, especially when beginning with the client, you want to give them the most basic tools that will, are going to serve them forever to like start that toolkit with right? Like help them understand tracking, help them understand calories and why they're the most important mechanism with what they're trying to change body composition wise, help them understand the protein side of things and like what type of food choices you should be looking to to add more of and not necessarily foods that you should not be eating, but what food should you be eating more of? And then the very basics on the, the training side of things with intensity, proper technique, 
different things like that. And then over time, as they master and get very, very good with the most basic tools in their toolbox, well, then you can slowly start to add another and add another and add another. And I made that mistake when I first started coaching. Like I would throw the whole kitchen sink at a client when they first came in and be like, there's this, there's this, there's this, there's this. Basically because um, like my confidence was low and I tried to bring, like I tried to make up for that by trying to sound really smart in what I was doing. And I would do that on sales calls as well. Like I would try to break down everything on a sales call when talking to somebody about coaching and I know this and we'll do this and we'll do this and we'll do this. When really at the end of the day, like the most educated people out there, the smartest coaches and the most educated coaches, what they're usually best at is taking a complicated scenario, a complicated thing that you're trying to approach and dumbing it down into very simple, like fundamental, basic things that you need to do to get that approach started. And once you master it, they add a little bit and they add a little more and they add a little more. And so you can flourish and not start out with this crazy, overwhelming feel, feeling of like, oh man, like there's all this shit that I've got to try to do. And then you, it's like paralysis by analysis. Like where do you even start? Right. And so learning to dumb down that process and build on somebody when they've earned the right to build on what they're already doing is how you create that just more even flow, that gradual upscale of consistency and that gradual upscale of better and better progress over the long term. So let me ask you this. It's December 13th, about two and a half weeks until the new year. If someone listening is thinking about like starting any sort of health fitness journey in the new year, if you could go back and kind of change the way you maybe coached, um, just like your first beginning clients, if you could take three things and say like, this is what you need to focus on, like these are your priorities at this given moment what would you say are the three most important things for people just to like, there's all these things out here, but here's what I really want you to focus on just to kind of get that needle moving from the start. Yeah. I'm going to take into context with this and say, this is somebody who maybe has a little bit of experience with exercise and nutrition in the past. So like maybe they've been through some different programs or like tried some different diets, seen some progress, been consistent in the gym at some point in their lives before, but at the current moment, moment, like through, through the last part of the year, essentially, maybe they've just not been so consistent and they're trying to get back on track through the new year. Right. So you're not a complete beginner, but you're not super advanced in what you're doing and been consistent over the long call, because if that was the case, then things would be probably a little bit more intricate with the details. But if you're somebody who's just trying to get back into the groove, you want to start losing some body fat. You want to start building up some lean muscle definition on your frame the main three places where I would start essentially with you would be first, we take a look at your protein levels with your diet before even worrying about calories quite yet. That's something that's absolutely going to come, but just focus on increasing your protein intake through the day. Because what I find for a lot of people is if you go right into calories, right out of the gate, one, there's a little bit of overwhelm with that, but two, like it can make it hard if you're trying to to practice calories and protein at the same time. If you're trying to restrict your caloric intake, it can make it harder to be able to get your protein levels where they need to be right out of the gate. And so just simply focusing on that nutrition wise at first, let's say that you're like 150 pound 
person, I would start out with you trying to hit anywhere from like 110 to 130 grams of protein to begin. Um, and that would literally be it. And showing you different types of ways to hit that protein goal throughout the day. A lot of people see that be like, man, like I, I feel like I have to get so many different types of protein in my diet and like have a bunch of these little small snacks to hit that protein level. When in reality, the biggest mistake people make when it comes to getting your protein level up is just not having a big enough serving size of protein in each of your meals. So especially for women, it's like, oh, I, I have a hard time hitting my protein and I'll, and the clients that we work with, I have access to their, my fitness pal logs. So I'll go in and look at their logs and it's like, oh, I had one egg for breakfast. I had three ounces of chicken for lunch. I had four ounces of tilapia for dinner. And it's like, well, no shit. It's hard to hit your protein level. Like there's no way that I could hit that either. So going in and looking like, no, we need to actually increase your portions in these your of your protein in each of these meals you need maybe two eggs and three egg whites at, at breakfast for lunch instead of three ounces of chicken like let's do six ounces of chicken and maybe add like some cheese on there some fat-free cheese to to whatever you're having with it as well and then at dinner like five or six ounces of of whatever that protein source is and then like for your snacks instead of just having like some almonds let's switch that out for maybe a greek yogurt or a protein bar or a protein shake and bam hitting your protein like becomes super easy and so once they have that under control and understand like where their portions need to be protein wise becomes easy. And once they tar once they master that over a couple of weeks, okay, now we're going to add calories into this equation. Here's where we want your calories to, to be at at the moment. This is number two, once protein, then going into calories, right? Number two. So like looking at, okay, so now you're eating like this calories are roughly falling in these areas. Well, let's say to start, like now I want to start aiming for around 1600 to 1700 calories. So your protein portions of each meal are going to stay where they're currently at. We're not switching that just because your calorie intake is changing a little bit. So your carbon fat sources in each of those meals may have to vary just a little bit. Maybe we're trying, we need to eat actually more. So we need to increase your carbohydrates and, and fats in these meals, or maybe we need to eat a little bit less than what you're currently eating. So we need to decrease in these areas. And that just helps you build the structure and like slowly build into your nutrition in a way that isn't going to be nearly as overwhelming because you're mastering one step at a time with these basic fundamentals that are going to lead to the biggest impact on your results on the nutrition wise. So that's how I would slowly start to build that out for somebody. And then number three would be the training component and starting to gain a better understanding of proper intensity within their training if they're already in a position to where they're pretty comfortable with their form. If they have form down for the most part and like they send me some some technique videos and I'm able to look through them and and what they're doing, one, they look like they're safe, two, they feel like they can feel the intended muscle that we're targeting in each of the, the exercises that we have them doing, that would be first and foremost. But once they have that down, um, and again, in, in our style of programming, like we're not programming any of these like crazy hard exercises that like take years and years to master the technique, usually like lots, lots of machine style of work, some dumbbell style of work, throw in some barbell stuff here and there for people who are comfortable with barbells already. Um, but then once that's down, like mastering intensity, right? Because there's so many people out there who think, like, oh man, one, I've got to go to the gym every single day of the week. I've got to be in there six, seven days per week. And two, they feel like they've got to be in there for 
more than an hour, an hour, hour and a half, two hours per day to see the results that they want. When in reality, if you'll pull back, you can have 45 to 70 minute sessions, three to four times per week, doing less sets in what you're doing, but just training at the proper intensity near failure and aiming to progress that over time. And that's going to lead to your training progressing and being intense enough, which is going to force your body composition to progress as well with really only dedicating anywhere from three and a half up to five hours max in the gym per week. And you're going to see very, very good results from that. And so understanding, like looking at their, their sets, like maybe they'll send me a workout or a, a video of like their first set of the day. So I can gauge their intensity. I can look at it and be like, uh, you really stopped at like an RPE five, like that last couple of reps wasn't much slower than those first couple of reps. So like, let's increase that weight. Like everything looks good and encourage them to push themselves a little bit harder so that we can actually do a little bit less and still elicit the same response that we would elicit from doing, having to do a lot more at a lower intensity, just to use our time much more efficiently. And that's literally what, like as a, I'll add one more just as a bonus. So once they had the nutrition down, once they had that component with their training down and they were progressing and things were as intense as they needed to be, then we would just come in and then potentially take a look at their activity level on a day-to-day basis. So I wouldn't be like, you need to start doing an hour of cardio three times per week. It'd be like, no, let's see how many, like what's your day-to-day life look like at the moment? Like, do you work at a desk? Are you, do you work on your feet all day? Like stay at home mom, what do you do? Get So I can get an understanding of what their activity level looks like and then set them up with a step goal on a daily basis that makes sense for where their activity level is at. So like for a very sedentary person who works at a desk job, I'd start out with them trying to hit like six to 7,000 steps per day on average and like little tips with, okay, like if you're on the phone, like doing lots of phone calls in the day in your office, like whenever you're on a phone call, you're not sitting at your desk, you're pacing your office back and forth. Whenever you park in a parking lot, you're not parking as close to the building as you can. You're parking as far away from the building as you can. Whenever you walk into a building, you're not finding the elevator, you're taking the stairs. These little things that can just be super helpful in keeping your activity level up on a day-to-day basis with your step goal, which is going to lead to a higher NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which just means you're going to increase your metabolic rate and keep it more consistent to help elicit that response when your nutrition and training are already on point. So like from a very basic fundamental side of things, that's where we would start and get them like start with the nutrition, move into the training, then potentially move into the steps. And once consistency is there, now they're mastering those beginner to intermediate techniques that are absolutely needed to force results. Once all of that is mastered and those, those tools are in their toolbox, so to speak, then we would bring in to the equation, looking at like diet breaks, deloads, potentially some calorie cycling, if, if that was needed and all of these different types of more advanced techniques that can be beneficial, but they're only beneficial if you start out with the very basics and build upon those to create that as your foundation, because that's what's going to force body composition changes over the long term. When you mentioned the calorie part, the protein and the calories, would you agree that one of the biggest mistakes when it comes to like setting any type of goal, and we can just use New Year's goals for this example, would you agree that people are too generic? with their goals. And what I mean by that is kind of like 
instead of setting a specific protein goal or instead of setting a specific calorie goal, they'll be broad and just say, I'm going to eat healthier. Oh, because yeah. eating healthier, for example, and I'll call my mom out here because I know she doesn't listen to this podcast, but like her breakfast is it's healthy. So it's these like almond or not almond. It's like these oat pancake things. It's like protein pancakes, but made with like oats and they say like protein packed, whatever. But because they're protein packed, they're also like much higher calorie. Yeah. But then what she does is she throws peanut butter on top of the pancake and then throws bananas on top of the peanut butter. And so her like healthy breakfast is actually probably like 800, 900 calories easily. And it's like, she'll find these quote unquote protein packed foods or just healthy foods that she sees like, Oh, like this is healthy. But most of them end up being like protein packed fruit. And it's like, instead of two grams of protein, you get four grams of protein. And it's like all these little things kind of kind of come in. And it's just like, well, yeah, you are eating healthier. And then the question is, but why am I not, you know, losing weight? And it's the whole idea of like, yes, you are eating healthier, but healthy does not relate to calories. Healthy does not equate to protein. Two similar goals, one that's well-intentioned, but really like I think actually works long-term. Whereas the one that you mentioned, it's like, I'm going to eat healthier, but how? I'm going to set a protein goal. Okay, where? And it's like you can take that step by step versus just being like, well, I'm going to I'm gonna be more active. Was yeah. me getting up every seven hours being more active? Yeah, but is it that great of a goal? Mm, no, probably not. Because like, what's me getting up every seven hours going to do? Yeah, this is something that for any of you who are thinking along these lines, because many people do like, oh, in the new year, I'm going to eat healthier. I'm going to try to be more active. But something that you have to to understand at the basis of all of this, eating healthy and eating for fat loss or muscle gain, muscle gain are not the same thing. They're not mutually exclusive. You won't, you can't do one and expect the result from the other one all of the time. That because eating healthy is subjective. Some people will tell you that eating healthy means that. Like when you go to a grocery store, like you're finding things that say high protein on them or say like high in fiber or gluten-free or, or whatever it may be. Or some people will tell you that eating healthy means that you cut out meat completely and you, you go vegetarian or you go carnivore or you go keto or you go paleo. Like there's so many different ways to eat healthy, but just because you like your subjectivity of what healthy is that does not correlate to weight loss, weight gain, or weight maintenance. At the end of the day, your body is going to respond from a physiological level in regards to losing, gain, gain, gaining, or maintaining from thermodynamics. And all that means is thermodynamics is the calories that you consume versus the calories that you expend. If you are not controlling that variable, no matter how healthy that you choose to eat, you're not going to see a response body composition wise with the aesthetics of your physique. You're just not, you may feel a little bit less bloated. You may potentially have a little bit more energy. If you're getting more vitamins and minerals in, into your diet on a daily basis, that's better for your hormonal profile, but it's not going to lead to changes body composition wise, unless you are controlling the thermodynamics 
of your body and controlling the calories that you're consuming versus the calories that, that you're expending on a day-to-day basis. And so it's a good goal. Like it's a good idea to try, like I try to eat healthy. I try to make the majority of the food choices that I eat on a day-to-day basis, quote unquote, healthy for what I, I subject eating healthy to be, but I don't do that because I feel like that's going to help me lose weight or maintain weight or gain weight. I do that because foods that I deem to be healthy make me feel better. I digest them better. I have more energy. I don't feel like shit after eating those foods as, as opposed to what I do with other foods, but I don't correlate me choosing these food options because that food's going to help me lose weight. I correlate at the end of the day, where's my total caloric intake at with the foods that I choose to eat, because that's going to determine what's happening with my body composition. At the moment, I'm in a surplus. And so I'm trying to eat in a calorie, eat more calories than my body burns on a day-to-day basis to put my body in the best environment possible to be able to build muscle. And so I eat a lot of healthy foods in there, but I also eat some, what a lot of people would be considered junk foods pretty much on a daily basis. I have a bowl like of cereal. fruity pebbles. Yeah. Fruity pebbles. Almost every single night I eat a bowl of fruity pebbles. Um, and some people would think that that's unhealthy or that will cause fat gain, but that's not the case. As long as I'm controlling the thermodynamics and the calories and I'm strength training, I'm getting my activity level in and keeping my energy expenditure where I need to, and I'm controlling that energy intake that's what's going to directly correlate to body composition changes over the long term. And so that's a great question, Alex. And so many people misconstrue that and they they miss the forest for the trees. Essentially, they focus so much on, oh, I'm just going to clean up my diet or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. When in reality, like at the end of the day, if you want to control what's going to happen to your body in regards to like how it's going to change, you have to control these key principles with protein intake. If you're focused on like the weight that you lose, if you want to come that, that to come from body fat and not run the risk of like losing lean muscle tissue as well. So the more weight that you lose, like you have more of a, a skinny fat appearance and don't end up with the, the tone and definition that you want. Your protein level has to be up to reserve lean muscle tissue and potentially build some lean muscle tissue as well. And then control that caloric side of things while strength training. Well, that's going to lead to that said result that you're looking for, regardless of the foods that you're eating within staying in those parameters, because those parameters are what matter the are the only things that essentially matter to create that result. And that is how to set goals 101 by Chaz and Alex. Yeah. That's uh, just... I, I really wanted to dive into that just because it's, I see it done like unintentionally, like just every single year. And I'm sure you have the people in your family that like oh, yeah. have these goals and, you know, they go into the new year with these intentions, but then every single, let's say Christmas, you see them again and they're like the exact same and nothing against them, but it just comes down to like setting the actual goal. And for me, that might look like I'm very simple with my cooking and that results in a lot of just the same types of meals, which is great, but also like I I can just eat the same type of chicken day in and day out for years and years straight. So for me, like if I have a goal of, varying my protein intake more, I can say like, that's my goal. But then if you want to take your goal and simplify it and figure out what do I actually need to do, take that question, ask yourself how like three, four times more. So if I want to vary my protein intake, okay, how will I do that? Well, I'll vary my intake between not just chicken and like ground beef, but I'll add fish into the mix. 
And it's like, okay, but like, I don't know how to cook fish. So like, how do I do that? I'm going to commit one hour a week to watching, you know, YouTube recipes that, you know, show me how to like, how do I use a cooking knife? Like, how do I, you know, get this type of fish, this type of sea or this type of whatever. It's like that specific goal. Like I'm going to commit one hour a week to learning different, you know, kitchen utilities, different cooking styles. And like, that would be my goal. It's not just, I want to eat more protein or vary my protein more. It's, I want to learn more about cooking of the meats and I need to watch videos to do that. And like, that's like an example that I would set for myself. Yeah. I love that. I, this was not the intended purpose of today's podcast, but I think that that topic is perfect because this episode is going to come out right around the first of the year anyway. And so I think we title it where to start your fitness journey in 2024. And I think if you guys take everything that Alex and I have, have mentioned here into consideration and you start this year out by focusing on these key fundamentals that we've gone over with you here, if you were to commit to that for one year, you would start the year of 2025 in such a different position than you're starting 2024 in. And it sounds basic and it sounds simple and it might even sound easy. On it the sounds first- too simple. Sounds yeah. too simple. Yeah. And that's why it's not marketed, right? Because at the end of the day, what we do is the basics of it and the fundamentals are extremely simple, but those are hard to market, right? And so people are always trying to find the next sexy thing to be able to market. But I promise you, if you start here and you just focused on these three to four things that I mentioned through this next year, man, like you would get to the end of the year, such, such a different person with a new perspective, with a new mindset, with a new body composition and a new level of confidence that just would have you shining. And so for some of you, you can go off and do this on your own and start to tackle it. We have a free guide down below called the macro starter kit that can get you started in regards to helping you find out where your calories need to be, your protein intakes need to be giving you some different types of food options and whatnot. Feel free to download that. It's down below. It's completely free. We'll just get your email and send it over to you. And then for others of you, if you're going into this new year and you're, you're more serious and you know yourself and you feel like you need accountability to be able to make this happen. You need somebody on your team, like looking at your week to week with how your progress is coming back, holding you accountable to staying actually consistent with it, helping you make adjustments because adjustments do have to be made. Unfortunately, throughout the process, the body does adapt and you have to adjust training. You have to adjust nutrition and you need somebody just to help keep you in the right mindset throughout the process because you're serious about making serious changes in 2024, reach out to us. We'll have a few spots open for, for one-to-one coaching where we're going to be pretty full. We already are quite full, but if you're in a position to where you're serious and you want to create a difference, um, reach out and apply and we can have a conversation about availability when we have some times up where we can set up your nutrition for you. Um, all 100% custom and tailored to your specific situation. We'll start with where you're at and what you can abide to and what's realistic for you to stay consistent with and help you build upon that. And then in your training, we'll handle everything for you. We'll set up your workouts, your exercises, how much weight you should be using relative to your strength levels, where you're your sets should be video exercises, looking at your form. You can send us videos of your, of your exercises. We can look and break down. Like, are you going hard enough? Is your form correct? All these different types of things to ensure you have the exact structure needed to start creating the results that you want, um, and take your more yourself more seriously because you have accountability and invested into it. Because, um, for most, like that's, 
that's what it takes, right? Like putting some skin in the game is one of the biggest keys to getting to where you want to be long-term with anything. I've done that with business, with fitness. Alex has done all the same type of stuff and that's what helps you level up and grow. So if you're interested in that, feel free. There's a link down below lostlifting.com backslash work with us where you can apply and and we can have a conversation about that. We'll probably hop on a phone call at some point and we can dive in and see if you'd be a good fit to work with us. So we appreciate all of you guys for listening. All of Alex's info is down below. If you want to go follow him, all of my info is down below as well. Alex, do you have any closing remarks? No, that's it. Happy new year. Happy new year, guys. Thanks for listening. And we'll chat with you soon.